Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Talking Philly Sports with Matty B. I am your host, Matt Benarchuk. It is Saturday, January the 29th, All right, indeed, and welcome to another fun-filled, snowy episode of the podcast. That's right. For those of you who are traveling into the Delaware Valley or into the Philadelphia area, beware, because it is snowing. It is snowing. It is actually snowing here, and uh, it's not that bad, but you know how we do things here in Philadelphia. Everything is freaking over the top, so... It is being considered a, it's not a blizzard by no stretch of the mind. It is, it is, it's a good little storm. It's, it's maybe two or three inches at this time, more wet than anything else, but be careful if you're out there, out and about. But if you're a kid and like I used to be a long, long time ago, obviously these are the greatest days of the winter. The only problem that I would have with this storm as a kid is the fact that it's on a Saturday. No kid ever wants snow, a snowstorm on a Saturday. It's logistically not feasible right it doesn't do anything it's not you know by the time monday morning rolls around this will all be cleaned up somewhat enough for them to go back to school so yeah hell with snowstorms on saturday but if you're you go out there and enjoy it anyway anyway make the best of the snowstorm have fun stay safe stay warm and have fun and if if you don't want to be out there in the snow then hey you're with me and that's even better because we like to have fun here on the podcast and i and I, I just wanted to come on just to kind of just jump on real quick. It's been a busy week for me doing uh, doing this type of stuff. Uh, this is my third or fourth show actually this week. And uh, between this podcast and my time with EOP, uh, keeping me keeping me busy, keeping the bills being paid, I guess you could say. Well, not really, but, you know, having fun. It is a... A typical, unfortunately, it's a typical January, late January weekend, sports-wise, here in Philadelphia. Our football team is no more for the year, of course. Uh, we do have some great NFL action on the slate this weekend. Uh, tomorrow is Championship Sunday. Dun, 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 dun. It is the um, the Final Four. We'll do battle in the NFL for the right to go to Super Bowl 56. And... We will have a quick breakdown of that. I broke this thing down yesterday a little bit on EOP, but I'll break it down again for you today. A little bit, maybe not as much detail, kind of on the same ilk, but uh, just a little bit of breakdown. We also have some hockey happening today. The Flyers will try to do two things today. They will try not to lose 14, or I should say be winless in their last 14, because it's not a losing streak, folks. It is a winless streak. Apples and oranges, if you if you want to say... But it's not a losing streak. It is a winless streak, but I got it. And then number two is they will try to not go um, winless in the month of friggin' January. That is right. For those of you who are not keeping score or keeping track, if the Flyers do not win today, they would have gone 0-4 the month of January. The entire month. And, and I've been following this hockey team for, oh, about 40 years. 
40 years consciously, and I was probably following them before that. I just don't remember. And I've never remembered a team losing or not winning for the entire month. Today, the Flyers, if they don't beat the Los Angeles Kings, uh, the game is now underway down there at the center, then they will go over for the month of January. And they will, of course, be now winless in 14. Just just hard, hardness. Um, it's been well-documented what's going on with the Flyers. It's been well-documented. We've talked about it in nauseam this week. We got um, slapped in the face by our, our ownership and our general manager earlier in the week when Chuck Fletcher and Dave Scott attempted to come out and sway us and make us feel better about, one, um, the state of the team is not as bad as we might think, you know, whatever, and two, that they're going to give, and I quote, a blank check to fix it. And it was actually a slap in the face because structurally there's something wrong with this team. Organizationally there's something wrong with this team. There's something uh, not happening in that locker room or not being stressed inside that locker room or not being stressed inside that organization that is causing the Flyers to be as poor and as bad as they are right now. And it's going to be more than just handing out a blank check and bringing in a bunch of free agents. There needs to be a culture change down in, down there in South Philly at, at the, you know, or in Voorhees, wherever you want to say the Flyers are headquartered. There needs to be a cultural change because right now the culture is losing. Right now the culture is, not, I don't care. Right now the culture is incompetence. And right now the culture is embar an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment to the city of Philadelphia. Dave Scott is an embarrassment to the city of Philadelphia. And Chuck Fletcher is coming in at a close second. That's right. Chuck Fletcher has probably overtaken Howie Roseman, in my opinion. He's coming up hard on Daryl Morey. And he's about to go into second place on his own. I mean, he's coming around that clubhouse turn, about to take over from Daryl Morey as the second most embarrassing person in the city. Dave Scott is number one. Number one, far and away, he is the, he is the biggest embarrassment we have in terms of our sports teams, is Dave Scott. Biggest embarrassment by far and away. But Chuck Fletcher is doing his damnedest to catch to close that gap. So we got hockey going on this weekend. We got uh, we got football, as I mentioned. No no word on the baseball talks. No word on the labor, labor relation talks. Uh, I, I don't necessarily really want to talk about that. Uh, I, I more want to talk about baseball. I'm not going to get into you know, who's right, the millionaires or the billionaires, and who's wrong, the millionaires and the billionaires, because either way, it's the fans that suffer. Whether or not they're, who's right, it doesn't matter because we suffer at the end. Ain't that some shit? You know, it doesn't matter who's right in this situation between the ownership and the union or the association, right? But either way, if the owners win or the association wins, the fans somehow lose on either side. Either ticket prices are raised or the product on the field changes. So I just, you know, it, it's amazing to me. So we're not going to talk baseball until this, this thing is settled and we get to actually talk baseball. But they are getting ready to kind of run out of time. I mean, if, if I'm doing my fuzzy math, I think pitchers and catchers report in three weeks, um, which, you know, I don't know if this thing is going to be settled in three weeks. Now, I heard somewhere along the line that February and March, yeah, not necessarily – um, on, you know, is, is it a concern? Of course, you want to have a, you want to have a spring training, you want to have a training camp. But there's actually a lot of talk going around that if they got to start the season with a, a compressed or limited or possibly no spring training, then they will in order to get the season started on time. So 
I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, the product of baseball for the first six weeks is never really that good anyway coming out of spring training. But it would probably be worse if they decided not to do spring training. So I think we're putting the cart before the horse a little bit on that. Let's just get through this part and get to that part. Now let's get our attention back to the gridiron and back to football. This weekend uh, in Kansas City and in Los Angeles, the AFC and NFC will fight for the right to go to Super Bowl 56. First, the early game on Sunday is the Bengals, the Cinderella story Cincinnati Bengals against the Kansas City Chiefs. I talked about this yesterday a little bit. Uh, you know, when, when it comes to the, the commonality of these four teams, right, the commonality of these four teams, they both have a, have a quarterback that's above average, and they have wide receivers that are way above average. Uh, Joe Barrow, who is a rising star in this league, and I'm not necessarily sold on Joe Barrow, but what he can do and what him and Jamar Chase have done, it, again, the quarterback looks a lot better because of the better running back, or excuse me, wide receiver. But you got Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase versus Pat Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. I mean, that that's why these teams are in this position right now because of these players. And on the NFC side, you got Jimmy Garoppolo and Debo, Debo Samuel versus Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup. Now, Garoppolo and uh, Debo Samuel, you know, are they are they world beaters? No. Would I take them over Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith? If you listened to me in EOP yesterday, you'll definitely know my answer was yes. I would take any one of these quarterback-wide receiver combinations that are, are going to be on display this weekend over Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith. And I told you who I blame for all that. I've told you who I who I hold completely accountable for our state of our team right now. And then next week on EOP, if you tune in, and you will, I know you will, uh, we will get down and dirty and start evaluating the criminal Howie Roseman and his draft record. And you'll it'll start to becoming very clear to people about why we're in the situations we're in. But anyway, back to the games. Cincinnati, Kansas City, I see a very high-scoring affair. I see 30 points on both sides of this, um, on both sidelines. I do. I, I think this is going to be a game that's devoid of defense and very, very, very high on offense. I just think right now that Kansas City has more weapons than, than Cincinnati, and I think that's what it's going to come down to. I don't think it's going to come down to some great uh, coaching strategy or some great, um, uh, you know, logistical maneuvering. I think it's just going to come down to the fact that Kansas City just has more firepower than Cincinnati, bottom line. Give me Kansas City in this game. I think it's going to be closer than a lot of people think. I think it's going to go – It definitely I think it's going to go back and forth all afternoon. But in the end of the day, I like Kansas City going into the Super Bowl. And on the NFC side of the house, the Cinderella story, San Francisco 49ers are going to go visit the L.A. Rams in a team. And again, like I said yesterday, you know, this is a divisional rivalry game. This will be the third time these two teams have faced each other in 2021-22. Okay? This is – you throw it all – when you have a game like that, when you have a game like this, you throw all that – you throw everything else out the, out the window when it comes to divisional teams because it doesn't matter. It does not matter because the familiarity between these two teams kind of like bridges some gaps of talent and and, and, and strategy at, at times. So this is a – now, I'm not prepared to go down and say the old-fashioned NFC West showdown, you know. No, I'm not going to say that. But I definitely believe that there's some – there's, there's going to be a lot of unknown to this game, and I think it might come down to an unknown factor. But again, at the end of the day, 
I hate to kind of contradict myself at the end of this, but at the end of the day, I think the Rams just have too much firepower. And I think this game, out of the two of these games, this game might be the more decisive game at the end of the day. I, I kind of do. I, I, I know uh, San Fran's got a great defense. They got an awesome defense, but I think that it just, I just, I just think that the Rams have a little bit more firepower, and I think they're going to definitely take them out. Setting up a Super Bowl matchup between the Kansas City Chiefs and the L.A. Rams in my prediction. But, as I said, a lot of this, or as I said yesterday, a lot of this kind of hinges on the early game, on the KC-Cincy game. Because if Cincinnati finds a way to beat Kansas City, then by NFL rule, Cincinnati must play San Francisco in the Super Bowl. Go back and check the books. It's on the books. Cincinnati, if they ever advance, when they advance to the Super Bowl, must play the San Francisco 49ers. It was established back in the 1980s. No, of course, I'm just kidding. But I'm telling you right now, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this right now. I think it's KCLA. I, that's my prediction, right? But if Cincinnati somehow beats KC tomorrow or in the early game, right, then I'm changing my prediction and I'm going with the, with the 49ers because it will be. Because I, I, at least I feel personally that K, that that, <laughs> that Cincinnati can only play San Francisco in the Super Bowl. So we'll wait and see how that all kind of hashes itself out on the gridiron uh, tomorrow on Championship Sunday around the National Football League. Now, for those of you who are jonesing for some football in the in the Delaware Valley, for those of you who are just not digging what the offseason brings every year, and and I know there's a lot of you out there, and rightfully so, it's somewhat boring don't forget we got football here in philadelphia on the horizon folks in about what two months in about two months a little less than two months about let's call it seven weeks from now the philadelphia stars of the united states football league will take the field for the first time since 1985 and they will bring back all the glory of the Jim Mora, Sam Mills, Scott Fitzky, Chuck Fusina, Kelvin Bryant era that I that was just so much fun back when I was a kid back in the mid-80s. The USFL is back, folks. It is back. I believe they kick off their 2022 season on April 22nd. And there'll be eight teams returning this year. There'll be eight teams coming back into the league, and the Stars are one of the eight. And um, all games, I believe, are going to be played. At, uh, I think I saw Birmingham, Alabama is going to host all the games. They're going to play in a bubble-like scenario. Now, I don't know if they're playing this way because of the COVID thing. I, I think it's just because logistics and teams are still trying to kind of get up on their feet. And, of course, you know, if this is a one and done league, you know, there's a lot more involved in trying to get things straight up with your home city and blah, 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 a lot more money. So this year it'll all be played at a neutral site, but then next year and beyond, the teams will return home to their home cities, hopefully with more teams in the league than just eight. But starting on April 22nd, the USFL will return and the Philadelphia Stars will return with them. And hopefully, as I said, hopefully. They bring back the glory days of the mid '80s because it was great. It was a lot of fun watching it. One, it was spring football, and two, the Eagles were a disaster back then. And three, the Stars were a dominant force to be reckoned with in the USFL. And hopefully, Lightning does strike twice, and we're back in the mix, and we're back as a dominant team 
starting here and in the spring. Uh, can't wait, actually. I really, 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 really can't wait. Listen, everybody. That's going to do it. All right. Just want to come on down and dirty, kind of update you on everything that's been going on or anything that's going on with me. Look, programming note for me. Look for me um, Tuesday nights, 830 on the EOP, right? And look for this podcast Wednesdays. And then Wednesdays and Saturdays is when we're going to kind of do this podcast. Right now, we'll kind of adjust if we need to, but at a minimum, be looking out for that then. Until we talk. Enjoy the snow, everybody. Stay safe. Have fun. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, see me at the